and we are live. Welcome back to the Content Swap Podcast. You are joined by Parker and... Aaliyah. Ooh, let me redo that. (laughs) (laughs) Aaliyah. (laughs) That was worse. (laughs) Aaliyah. And if you're new to the Content Swap Podcast, this is a podcast in which we assign each other a piece of content for the week, engage with it for that week, and then we discuss it during the episode. And then we assign again at the end of the episode. So, uh, full spoilers ahead for both pieces of content. But before we do that, we like to provide a little life slash news slash content update for the week. So, if you'd like to skip ahead to this week's content, feel free to check out the timestamps in the video or podcast, whichever platform you are viewing this on, uh, and skip ahead. So, let's get into it. What is new with you? Um, <clears throat> I don't know why my voice keeps going out. Um, Probably because it's it's eight twenty three on a Sunday night, and it was daylight savings, so it's actually nine twenty three according to our bodies. Mm. So this is this is probably the latest we've ever recorded. Biologically, bi- biological clocks. Bio- <laughs> biological <laughs> clock speaking. <laughs> I guess. So, um, I feel like lots of shows and movies, I guess, on, I feel like both of us have been watching, watching a lot of things this week. Yeah. Um, so we've been watching Harley Quinn, which I've been loving. We're on, we just finished season two. Yep. And I'm like obsessed with Ivy. Does she always make the best decisions? No, but love her. Um, this is Ivy as in Poison, Poison Ivy, Ivy, the yeah. famous Batman villain. Is she a villain? Yes, traditionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, You've literally read Batman comic books <laughs> that's where true. she was just a straight up villain. Yeah. Well, in the show, she's like activist and we love it. Well, okay. The whole point of Harley Quinn is that like, you know, she's the main character. Ivy's the main character. They're like teaming up with all these characters like Clayface, who are all actual villain characters. Yeah. But the show just flips that whole universe on its head. So, you know, it blurs the line. So, yeah, you say, is she a villain in the show? Yeah, maybe not, but in the lore. I need to read more comics. Absolutely. Well, I need to read more Poison Ivy comics because that's my girl. I love her. I want to be her. Anyway, carry anyway, on. Yeah, so we've been watching that. Um, I started watching Teen Titans Go <laughs> yesterday morning. Oh, wow, morning. okay. Yeah. Just in a big DC kick right now. Huh? I am. I am, which is very atypical. Will I be watching the actual like movie movies? Absolutely not. I am not using my time for that. Um, but these like animated shows, I've, I'm enjoying. I like back in undergrad, I had seen episodes of Teen Titans Go, like, I don't know, on like random mornings and thought it was so freaking cute. And so yesterday I took a self-care day and I was like, I'm not making any plans this weekend. I just want to like sit, do my hobbies, just like really take it slow. And it was great. And yeah, I like watched Teen Titans go for like a solid like three hours. <laughs> wow. It I, was a while. <laughs> I've never watched Teen Titans go. I, I avoided it like the plague because I thought it was for children. I mean, yes, but at the same time, the humor, it's kind of funny. Like it's, 
I don't know. It is for yes, it it's like clearly for kids, and there's like. There's Maybe like, you should assign it to me or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. It's clearly for kids. And there's, like, little lessons that you learn in some of them. But, like, some of that humor... Like, I was audibly laughing at some of the humor. Well, I had... Actually, I had that idea when we were talking about this. Because you've never seen the original Teen Titans. Right. And I was like, oh, what if I assign you that? You give me Teen Titans Go. And you're like, that's too much Teen Titans <laughs> for one episode. Teen Titans for one episode, yeah. <laughs> but a Teen Titans fan will... <laughs> be set <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll we'll put a pen in it we'll come back to it um they, they could be a fan of just one or a fan of yeah. both and either way they're gonna learn about something that they like i don't know um but other than that so i i don't know if you if you knew this but when we got engaged i made a list of wedding movies that are like Movies I've watched so many times, rom-coms that I enjoy that are like so dumb, but are like or surrounding weddings. And a, like every once in a blue moon, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie from my wedding list. <laughs> yeah, you were just watching Just Married last night. Yes, which actually was not on the list, but I was like scrolling through all of our streaming platforms because I just like could not decide on what to watch and I was like I've never seen this movie I'm gonna put it on it was terrible it looked bad it was so bad I hated it I hated it so much oh my gosh it was terrible um but yeah so I did that and we I started wedding the wedding planner but didn't finish it we went to sleep but I've seen that movie so many times oh yeah I forgot you're putting that on yeah yeah but I mean, I'm making a pretty, pretty big dent in my wedding movies. Do you want to hear the one? Oh, and I watched 27 Dresses. Oh, right. Well, you got to slow down. You know, you're not going to have any more wedding movies oh my before God. the wedding. Babe, you'd be surprised <laughs> how many wedding movies there are. I was just going through Hulu and there are tons of wedding movies on Hulu. I was like, half of these aren't even on my list. Okay. I believe it. Oh, last content. And then I'm done. Okay. I watched the movie Theater Camp. Um, which came out earlier this year, I think. Yeah, I, th- I heard about it. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it, and I didn't think I would. <laughs> Is this like a spiritual successor to American Vandal? Do you know what that is? No. American Vandal. It was. It's like a. It's like a mockumentary. Like it's fictional, but it's filmed like a documentary. And Jimmy Tatro is in it. And your theater camp movie kind of looked. Yeah, I like mean, that's like what a that was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Jimmy Tatro is in it. Yeah, I don't know who Jimmy Tatro is. He's like a YouTuber. He was kind of like a. Oh, was that a, that a, a broy frat yeah. YouTuber? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he was in Grown Ups too. Like he he was in that scene with Taylor Lautner uh, mm-hmm. at the waterfall in Grown Ups mm-hmm. too. He's like one of his two friends, and it's like oh snap, like Jimmy Tatro. And then now he's like he did American Vandal. He's doing mm-hmm. theater camp, I guess. So yeah, good for him out here making it in the world. Well, I highly recommend that movie. I didn't think I would enjoy it. It's like really cute, really heartwarming. And I don't know. It was just like something different that I wouldn't typically watch, but really enjoy. I didn't. I am not a theater person. I wish I was into that world, but I'm not. (laughs) And I feel like I explained this to my friend Ashley. I was like, I feel like when you're around people who are big into theater, but you're not, it feels like everyone's in on an inside joke that you just Uh, like aren't ever aware of and that's what it always feels like for me it's like anytime people start talking about theater it feels like i'm not aware of something but they're all on the same wavelength and like 
understand this thing that I just am like, what are they talking about? I mean, I think that applies to any like industry or community in which you're not actively engaged in like my fr- like on like a one different of my level like one of my friends is really into magic the gathering and has a lot of other friends that play magic the gathering and one time i like went to the store where they were playing mm-hmm. and i am not a magic the gathering player i don't know anything about it but it just felt like i like i felt very out of place like everybody knows something that i don't yeah but that's different because it's like you're going like you went to a magic the gathering thing gathering gathering (laughs) where they're doing it and you just like don't know what they're doing because you're not like a player of that thing versus like i feel like with theater people like theater is their identity so like just in the way of their being it feels theatery you know what i mean like and so it's like it's it feels like you have like the way they just like theater people socialize i feel and i I don't mean this in like a mean like derogatory way right like love theater people but like the way people who are really into theater like i feel like socialize and just talk even if it's not about theater it feels like they have a connection and i'm not pick like i'm not picking up on something they're putting down see it's funny because everything that you're still saying I feel like I can still apply to my Magic the Gathering analogy. Because <laughs> I've like yeah. I've hung out with that friend's friends at like a bar before. Yeah. And, and still like it's like the way outsider. they interact. Yeah. Like even if it's not about magic, it's it's yeah, I feel like an yeah. outsider. Like there's a there's a certain way about it. Yeah. Um and again, yeah, not in a derogatory way. It's just like I'm just not yeah like you said it's like there's an inside joke i'm just not in on yeah yeah for sure i guess that makes sense but yeah but i enjoyed it and so 10 out of 10 recommend okay that's all that's all your content yeah any other updates Mm, no okay should i go yeah go ahead (laughs) sorry usually i wait for you to invite me to start i I don't like to just start myself i'm sorry (laughs) This is kind of gross. I feel really gassy, and I feel like I like was about to burp, so I just was like really quiet because oh, I, like, I like felt oh. it in my chest. So I just stopped talking to stop it. I see. Uh, all right. Well, I'll go. I'll I'll fill my apologies. I'll fill go ahead. the I'll fill the air then um, with my words. So yeah, what's what's new for me this week? So I finally. I'm getting caught up on some Marvel stuff since uh, this Marvel's, the Marvel's movie is coming out. I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably, now's as good as time as any to, to get caught up. So I watched all of Secret Invasion yesterday. It was really quick. It was not as bad as people were saying it was, but also like, I don't know, you could skip it and just be totally fine, I guess. Okay. I started watching Loki season 2 immediately after and I will say that that is better than I expected. Or maybe maybe it's just like Loki's not that bad or at least when we watched Loki we were not like season 1 we weren't that impressed by it. Yeah. But then I think season 2 is basically of the same quality as season 1 was and when I just take that level of quality and I compare it to I don't know the past year of MCU mm-hmm. quality it's like oh uh, yeah it's pretty good um so even yeah. though it's still like in that post end game phase mm-hmm. it was still in that like 
initial first year post end game phase where we were all still excited about Marvel content. Mm-hmm. Um, and now things have really just taken a deep, deep, deep dive. I blame Ant-Man and uh, Quantumania, honestly. I don't blame Ant-Man because I was done with it before Ant-Man. And like, I never had high expectations for Ant-Man. So like, but my like, expectations for Ant-Man were low to begin like, with. Spider-Man was good. Black Panther was good. I mean, Thor was bad. Doctor Strange was not that bad. Eternals was... Shang-Chi was pretty good. Uh, Black Widow was... God, there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, I mean, it's just... Yeah, it just feels like Marvel has gotten progressively worse in the past few years. Like, like there was... 2021 was the first post-Endgame year, and it was like... All right, hey, we're still still excited about this. Then 2022 was like, okay. And then to kick off 2023, it was Ant-Man. It was like, oh, Marvel, what are you doing? But then Guardians 3 came out. I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. Guardians was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, then Secret Invasion came out. And it was like, ugh. Uh, and now we've got Loki season two. And you know what? It's like, hey, all right. Like, I can, I can get behind this. I'm you know behind so i can watch it all at once and i'm cool with that i i I like that Mm -hmm. so yeah looking forward to watching more loki and not really looking forward to the marvels but um we will watch it yeah are we going on thursday or did we decide not to i would like to go on thursday okay but we'll see okay it doesn't have to be thursday uh aside from that so yeah got caught up on that i finished my game that i was playing sea of stars finally it took like 32 hours total and i was just talking to my friend spencer about this uh if a game is getting like close to 30 hours or beyond 30 hours it's just it's really got to be hitting Mm -hmm. and this game was definitely hitting to a degree but not to a like I wanted this to take up 32 hours of my time degree. So like good game. Mm-hmm. I can definitely recommend it to some people, but at the same time, I, yeah, I just wish I could have finished that sooner. Yeah. Uh, let's see on the gaming front. What I am doing is, uh, I just started Alan Wake two yesterday night, last night. Uh, some may call that, um, <laughs> I just started that last night. I played it a bit today. It's obviously it's a sequel to Alan Wake 1, but Alan Wake 1 came out in 2010 and I never played it. But I did play a game by the same studio called Control during the pandemic. Like at the very beginning of the pandemic, I played Control and I got to say that game rules. Like it was it's super weird um and yeah, it takes place in the same universe as Alan Wake. And I didn't know that when I was playing Control. I just played it because it was recommended to me. And it was rated really well. And I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, it looks kind of weird and trippy. Um, and it was very weird and trippy. But the story was like, the universe that they built up was really cool. And it was like, all of these kind of supernatural events were happening throughout the world but control takes place all inside of like one building about this place called the federal bureau of control and it's it's like a government agency that kind of takes care of supernatural occurrences and like logs them files them and 
it kind of like takes this scientific approach to like explaining what happened in these events. And so like the game's events are taking place inside this, inside the Bureau because the Bureau is just a weird place in general. Um, But like we were talking about last week when we were playing Luigi's Mansion 3, how you were kind of disappointed how in Luigi's Mansion they didn't have kind of like fun side stuff to kind of like fill out the world uh, a little bit. Control, it was very much like that where, you know, you'd pick up, you'd you'd read a random document and it would be about like some crazy event that happened in some like rural town in America. And you're like, whoa, that sounds nuts. And so there's a lot of just stuff like that or they would be like, oh yeah, we captured this really weird object and we were keeping it like in the basement and it's like some i don't know like a telephone that turned into a black hole or something like that and it's like yeah we just we keep that in the basement so it was kind of just like this weird game like that it was really cool and i had no idea that it took place in the same universe as alan wake until i was like reading some file that i found and it was like explaining the events of alan wake one but as it was logged by the federal bureau of control and i was like whoa that's that's really cool so uh, now playing Alan Wake 2, I, I mean, I watched a video to get like caught up on Alan Wake 1, but playing Alan Wake 2, I'm noticing these little Easter eggs that are kind of in reference to Control. Like I encountered this guy who was like, oh yeah, I'm from the FBC, which is the Federal Bureau of Control. And I'm like, oh, I know what that is. Um, or like there was this janitor in Control who was kind of just like there sometimes. He was just this weird guy who was always just like mopping around and he he kind of had like a certain power to him but he wasn't like in charge he wasn't like a god necessarily but he was kind of like all-knowing and all over the place but he was just kind of cleaning the place up all the time and I was just playing Alan Wake too and that that guy just like popped up to like help out Alan Wake like do a thing um and i was like oh my god it's it's the janitor guy holy crap and um, it's the janitor (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so i love that i'm like i'm really excited to keep playing it because i mean it is the story itself like it is a, a horror game and it's about obviously this guy alan wake who he's a writer and the things that he writes are basically happening in real life that's like not that's not like that original of a setup, but it does take it into like deeper, darker places than just that. And there's like a murder investigation component to it. So I'm really into it so far. It's got a very like Twin Peaks vibe. Like it's very weird. It literally takes place in the state of Washington in like a small town. It's kind of like obviously influenced by Twin Peaks. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of like really neat meta supernatural stuff going on as well as like throwing jump scares at you and jump scares in video games really get you. Cause it's like your, yeah, 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 I was, uh, yeah, no, there, there was one part where it wasn't even like, it was just like a small jump scare. Like it was a random jump scare, but I just like, I just wasn't expecting it. And it just, it just got me out of nowhere. And I just like, the way, the way I jumped and just shook, I was like, oh my God. Like, I felt like I, I, a spring shot me out 
uh, of my seat, but then a, a brick wall hit me back down into my seat. I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> it was it was great. I love that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely enjoying that so far. Um, looking forward to seeing what else that experience has to offer because I'm only like four hours in and it's supposedly maybe like a 20-ish hour game. So, yeah, nice. that ought to be a lot of fun. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Last thing aside from that is yesterday I went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon at the movie theater and it was like over three hours, but it was really good. It's uh, the new Martin Scorsese film where Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, as well as some other people, uh, are in it frequent collaborators with Scorsese and it's it's about this indigenous community called the Osage in the early 1900s who were very 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 rich and uh, all of the their land had a lot of oil which is why they were so rich and um, yeah I mean I don't want to go too deep into it but it's just something that I definitely really recommend. The movie does a really good job of uh, telling like the whole story, I would say. And it does, it does kind of make you very upset at the end uh, over like what happens uh, over the course of the movie. Um, it's really good. Yeah. Just, I mean, if you're curious, go check out, if you haven't heard of it at this point, I, I feel like everybody's heard of it at this point, but if you haven't, uh, go check out the trailer. I definitely recommend seeing it. Um, it's a very good watch. It's also a very tough watch, but by the end it's like, mm, dang. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think many 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 people could uh learn a thing or two from watching it mm-hmm. so yeah that's all my updates for this week nice yeah all right let's go ahead and get into this week's content you are up first with the assignment i swapped to you yes buckle up all right it's a weird one uh, yes and i literally just wrote all this out and did not reread it so let's hope it all makes sense go for it all right so i was assigned source code which came out in 2011 and stars jake gyllenhaal as kind of like our main person so this story is about an army captain named coulter stevens aka jake gyllenhaal who wakes up on a train and finds a woman talking to him and referring to him as sean But again, his name is Coulter Stevens, not Sean. Um, Confused on how he got on this train and why this woman seems to know him and keeps referring to him as Sean, he begins to like frantically move around the train, just like confused as to like, how did I get here? Why do you know me? Like, why do you think you know me? What's going on? Um, And as he's kind of moving around being very confused, a giant explosion goes off, killing him and everyone on the train we then cut to seeing jake gyllenhaal coming into consciousness inside of this like dark pod or like capsule and a screen turns on and this military woman uh begins asking him questions like who was the bomber on the train 
And so Jake Gyllenhaal is super confused. He's like, what the heck? I was just on this train. The train exploded. I'm here now. What's going on? I, I'm very confused. Um, and so he's trying to ask this military woman. And there's this kind of like man looming around in the background behind her and like telling her things, but he can't really hear him. So he's like asking them, like, what the heck is going on? Trying to get more information about what's happening. And they're being very cryptic. They like are not giving him any information. Um, they just keep telling him, like, we're sending you back. Figure out who the bomber on the train is. And so that's exactly what they do. Uh, they send him back on the train and he wakes up and basically the same thing happens all over again. This woman's talking to him, referring to him as Sean. Uh, within eight minutes, the train explodes and he dies. And so this cycle, the, or this event of him um, waking up on a train, eight minutes passes, the train explodes, he wakes up in this capsule and there's like the military woman and this man. That cycle start, keeps happening over and over. And they keep sending him, the military people keep sending him back onto the train. And so as he wakes up in this capsule we get more and more information about what's going on like how is he ending up on this train like why does the woman keep referring to him as sean um who, who are these military people what are what's their goal what are they trying to do we start to learn a little bit more each time um and so what we learn is that jake gyllenhaal is actually like half dead ish <laughs> he's on life support uh no he's he's dead he's they say he's on life support i don't well okay with the internal science that this movie has yeah like, he's like dead he's yeah dead. he's for sure dead he's dead but like his brain but they is got still, him like they yeah. got him hooked up let's his, put it that way his yeah, yeah. neural activity still functioning apparently right um so he learns that he's basically dead um and through some science mumbo jumbo his brain has been connected to a passenger on this train. And so this train was a train that, ex as we know, has exploded and killed everybody on the train. Uh, and so he's able to connect to one of those now dead passengers uh, named Sean and kind of like take on Sean's body. Uh, but he only has this ability for, like I said, eight minutes. Um, and so with this eight minutes, they keep they tell him like, we need you to figure out who the bomber is because the bomber is planning an, another attack and we can intervene. We can stop that bomber from plan from doing this other attack. Um, and so he's also told that no matter how hard he tries, he can't save the people on the train because he can't stop the pass. Like technically the pass has already happened. And so nothing he does like will actually impact the future because it's already happened um it's inside of a computer yeah it's a simulation Which, like I, I don't know i don't know if it's just because like it's 2023 and we're just much more like tech literate but it's just like how is this not obvious to him that like yeah it's a simulation it's in a computer obviously you're not time traveling they explained yeah. that already yeah so it took him a whole five minutes to grasp like no i saved her what do you mean like, it's like bro yeah anyway sorry go on um so by the end of the movie he requests 
that if he finds this bomber, that the military people let him like die for real. Like they just like don't use him anymore for these like missions. Um, And they just like cut him off. Let him let him be dead. And so they're like, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. Just find the bomber. Um, And so. He successfully finds the bomber. However, the scientist, which is that looming man in the background who keeps talking to the military woman. Uh, so the scientist who basically put all this together uh, is evil and is like, no, we're not going to just like cut him. Off. We're going to keep using him like he's so valuable. Yeah, we can... e- evil may be the wrong term. Just kind of like not evil, but like maybe like greedy for. Yeah. I don't know. Greedy for his own self-advancement. Yes. Yes. It's like he clearly like when when after the the success of like finding the bomber and they catch the bomber, it's like he's you, very they make it very apparent that he's like gloating. He's like, yes, he's what like, I uh, look yeah, at my look I at what my invention thing. did. Ha ha. Yeah. Woohoo. Celebrate. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he's like, why would we? Why would we actually kill him? I put air quotes. Why would we kill him? Because we can use him in the future. Like this is such valuable yeah, just wipe stuff. His yeah. Just wipe his memory and let's keep it, keep on, keep it on. Um, so the military woman who has really been the one who's, you know, talking to Jake Gyllenhaal this whole time and like has now formed somewhat of a relationship with not like romantically, but just like yeah. platonically um, through <laughs> yes. this interaction. Not all relationships are romantic. <laughs> yeah. Um, she kind of feels bad about this. She's like, oh, that we lied. That sucks. And so after a conversation with Jake Gyllenhaal, she agrees to let him go back on the train to try and save everyone. He's like, let me just try it. Let me, let me just see if I can do it. Oh, yeah. They, and, they've already caught yeah. the bomber at that right, point. Right. They had already caught the bomber. He's like, let me just try and save him. And then like, you know, whatever happens, happens at the end of eight minutes. Kill me. Like, for real, kill me. And she's like, mm, okay. Um, and so this plan ends up being successful and he manages to save everybody. Um, and the military woman kills him. But before that happens, before the military woman kills him, he sends her an email and is like, hey, all this stuff works. <laughs> all like- the source code and for and all the source code stuff that you all have set up is really good and it really works and here's what you need to do and so then it cuts to that morning before any of this even happened and she sees this email and is like oh my gosh jake gyllenhaal emailed me (laughs) (laughs) well she's like this man emailed me yeah you know yeah she's not like oh my god jake gyllenhaal (laughs) she's like some guy emailed me right yeah and explained to me like yeah all of this works super he's it's this thing that he says at the end where he's like it works so much better than you think it does you've not just created a simulation you've created a whole new world yeah (laughs) i was like what (laughs) i don't know so that's all i have for the synopsis of this movie let me say in 2011 when i saw this movie and when he delivered that line i was like Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I know this. The whole everything they said in this movie, all the sciency jargon and the, the source code and like yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was like, oh, what? Source code is like a pretty weird 
term to use, right? It's very vague. Yeah. And they just refer to it like, uh, you can't change the source code. Yeah. Um, and they even got Jeffrey Wright to to be the the sciencey dude who you know when he says things it just seems smart. <laughs> yeah. And um, they even like they explain it with uh, it's like quantum mechanics and parabolic calculus, it's like, and they what just even repeat that things? over and over again. <laughs> It's like, how does it work? Quantum mechanics and parabolic calculus. <laughs> well, guess what? I actually looked up oh my gosh. what parabolic calculus was. Yeah, what is that? It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> they lied to us. Right. I mean, it's basically like you're, you're basically going to get quantum mechanics when you yeah. look it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did like see an article. So they're saying quantum mechanics and quantum mechanics, basically. But, I mean, well, no, because parabolic calculus is not like a term, right? Uh-huh. Like, like when I Google parabolic calculus, I get you get results for like quantum mechanics and stuff. But then there was even an article that was like, oh, explaining parabolic calculus in source code, and it basically was like parabolic calculus is not a real thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it just like they it, yeah, they just they really rely on that jargon to make it right. You know, it's, to to and keep you invested and like make you go along with it and right. believe it. Well, so that's that the quantum mechanics and I guess quote unquote parabolic calculus so yeah. to speak is really in reference to like calculus without limits, mm. which is just there's probably, you know, a lot there to understand <laughs> and interpret. I was looking at the Wikipedia page to try and just get like, you know, the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. And it was all formulas. And I was like, nope. nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, thank uh, you. Like, I don't get that. So, yeah. um, isn't it crazy? Like, seeing a formula can give us such a reaction where right. we're like, absolutely not. Don't want to see. Like, I will. Right. Uh, it just like, it's like, no. So, yeah, it's it's like they took, you know, math without limits and they said, we'll just use that to explain our science fiction exist. concept. Yeah, right, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely looking back on it, it is, um, yeah, very, very hand wavy, very, uh, yeah. um, I, I want to say like poor man's science fiction. Yeah. Way. So, okay. All that yes. said. Yes. What did you think of this movie? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I thought like here. Okay. What wow. I really loved. What I really loved is that it's simple in the fact of like you're on the train, you're in the capsule. That's it. And you're going back and forth between these two things. And the train is very repetitive. But even with its repetitiveness. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Even with its repetitiveness. He does something different each time that keeps you entertained, that keeps you invested, keeps you like interested. And then like I was starting to be like, okay, this next time he goes in, he should do this. Like the next time he goes in, he should talk to this person. He should look at that person because now I think it's that person or like maybe it's that person. Like I was giving my guesses of like, I think it's this person. I think it's this person. Like, by the way, it ended up being the dude who plays... (laughs) plays kate hudson's assistant in bride wars which i thought was hilarious oh my God. i was like he sucked in bride wars too <laughs> oh my okay but uh yeah that was wild um but yeah so i was like very interested and very intrigued 
So I will give it that. However, I think because of all the like science jargony stuff, I was just like, what is the like, what are we talking about? And like, and like, there's a part at the very end that just really threw me for a loop. And basically, it's the part where, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal asks Goodwin, who is the the military woman. Military lady, yeah. He's like, you know, let me go back in. I want to try and save everybody. She's like, okay. He goes back in. He successfully stops the train from exploding, saves everybody. And then, like, he the eight minutes passes and you're like, okay, he's going to, you know, come out of it or whatever and then just be dead. Right. Because... Since Sean technically did not die, Sean would have kept living his life. Right. But in the movie, it's still Jake Gyllenhaal as Sean. Yeah, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal (laughs) becomes Sean. And it's like, yeah, he gets to live his life. But what about Sean? I know. (laughs) I was like, that makes no sense. Why is it still Jake Gyllenhaal? He just becomes Sean. Sean is the only character (laughs) in this movie that actually dies, you know? (laughs) <laughs> poor sean poor sean like what if he wanted a chance at this woman and jake Hall was like nah she's mine now right <laughs> right because right. he like, like he, does, he does like he kisses her and she's like i've been waiting for you to ask me to literally, coffee he just took he just took this man's whole life literally yeah. like oh. that part bothered me so it made this movie go from like i don't know I'd give it a four out of five to like a three out of five for it's, me. It's like um, Wonder Woman 1984. Did you watch that movie? I did. And it's it's like uh, how some random man, like she took over some random man's body and turned him into a Chris Pine's character. For oh, the, I don't remember do that. Do you remember that? No. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't blame you. It wasn't a very good movie. But at the end, it was just like, yeah, she just, she's just like... <laughs> She's just uh, wedded and bedded this this man, this random man, and turned him into her boyfriend. I'm like, it just does not make any sense. Where did Sean go? Um, but yeah, that's that was really the like biggest issue I had was that ending. I just like wasn't a fan of the ending. Yeah, uh, it didn't really make a ton of sense why when the eight minutes was up of the simulation that it kept on going. Yeah. Like Vera Farmiga, um, the military woman, she like presses the, you know, the kill button, the kill button basically. Yeah. And, but then things keep like continuing in the simulation. And I mean, I will say in like his third attempt in the simulation, he, the explosion happens, but he doesn't die. Right. He, the simulation only ends when he gets killed by the, the oh, train. Yeah. So that was kind of like alluding to like... It can keep going. It can keep going. It's not just... It doesn't just end when the explosion happens. Yeah. It ends when he dies. Yeah. So technically, if he doesn't die... I did say that too. I was like, oh, he has to get killed to die. Because I was like, oh no, he's trapped. Right. <laughs> I was like, how's he going to get back to the capsule? And then to he like- just immediately falls in the train tracks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. So I don't, okay. And maybe, I don't understand how simulations work, I guess. Well, it's a computer. It's a, I mean, I understand it's, I understand it's all made up. I understand that. I understand that. But like, that makes me more confused about the ending. 
Because I'm like, if the if they never died. Let's put it like, this way: what? if it's if if in this movie this if it's called source code, just from the word code, we can infer that this is something that is taking place inside of a computer, and like. As a viewer in 2011 who didn't really know anything about how computers worked, I can totally buy that and be like, yeah, now he's just in this ethereal extra world or whatever. But now in 2023, knowing so much about technology, I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. He doesn't just get to live on in this world like on like there has to be it has to be ran by like a server. Somebody has to be maintaining yeah. this. Like it and it has to be like infinite. Um, because it's a whole new world, right? Like all this stuff world. needs to, you know, happen or ha- be able to happen. It's it's a snapshot of the world that morning when the explosion yeah. went off, but then continuing from there. Yeah. And it's like that has to be supported by some kind of technological infrastructure. And so that's like, yeah, when you think too deep into it, does not make sense. But like you said, I thought the whole like Groundhog Day element to yeah. it um, was. All, I also thought that was pretty fun. It's like you know, it's it's like a video game. You know, you're like yeah. restarting the level, uh, and you're you know, he's trying to figure out who did it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's really cool. And ultimately, like with a premise like that, in order to get that, mm-hmm. you have to have some way of explaining it. Yeah. And I guess in this movie. Well, I was almost about to like um, counter counter my own point, but um, I, I was gonna say like you know they need to have some way to explain it mm-hmm. within the movie's own universe, logic, technologically, right? Mm-hmm. So that was their solution, and it doesn't have to be that wild uh, in order to just make the premise work. But then I'm like, well, actually, no, that's. That's not true because they do put this big emphasis on that mm-hmm. at the end, trying to have this big impact of him being like, you created a whole new world. And it's like supposed to be this mind blowing. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, they're trying to do a bit of like both like cool story setup and cool explanation. But I think the explanation is the weaker uh, component of the movie. Yeah. It does, I think, a good job with its core idea which is you know trying to figure out who did it by reliving the same last eight minutes yeah uh, over and over and over again what if they didn't explain it that way though like what if they took like a marvel approach where it's like alternate timelines and it's like it's real life but there's just branching like timelines and like different okay, how are they versions gonna... of but it's like this movie is supposed to be it's not a Marvel movie. It's supposed to be like well, grounded nice. in reality in some capacity, right? Yeah. So who's got the branching timeline technology? Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to find a way to like have to explain less, like to simplify or like yeah. maybe if this movie was just set in the future, like if it was just set in the future where it's just like, right? you know, we're just advanced, you know? So like anything so can that, go. Right. And so it's like, yeah, jumping into somebody's body, sure, that works. You don't even need to explain it because it's like, it's the future. We're living in 2050 
six or whatever. Right, like, but this you know? this is uh, this movie's firmly taking place in 2011. Like they've got flip phones, they've yeah. got sidekicks. Like they do not have smartphone technology. <laughs> yes. So and you look I mean, at their interfaces yeah. and stuff, and you're like, no way they figured out how to do all this with this right. technology. You know, I'm just saying, like, what's another way to like if you were to redo this movie? To take out all that like super jargony, like take away the complexity the of trying to calculus. Ex- yeah, of trying to explain it and making I don't it know. work. I don't know how I would do it any different. That's the thing. I'm like, I don't know how I would make it work. Their solution was to just throw complex sciencey terms and just hope that the audience <laughs> like- just accepts that and and they just need to buy it, right? Yeah. And then they can just hone in on the rest of the story and i think i ultimately i do think like that worked i don't think this movie would work if it came out today because i think audiences are a bit smarter or a bit more clever about needing uh a better explanation than that but i think it's, it's, it's pure entertainment like this movie did do a pretty good job in 2011 sure I guess I'm just like when when this movie came out, like were people like confused? Like were people like, "Is this real or no?" Like you know what I mean? Like, what do you what, real? What do you mean? Like reality versus like the simulation part of it. Like not in the like it's not like were they like it's not in the computer space. Does that make sense? And maybe no. I'm confusing it. See, I feel like I'm confused, which makes it like. It's all, clearly it makes it made you confuse me. I mean, confused. all of I, I guess like like when I saw it, I was like, yeah, he goes on to continue living his life inside of this uh, alternate world that they've created, and that in was the just computer, right? Well, well, I didn't even watching it today. I was like in the computer, you know. But watching right, it in 2011, I was like, yeah, I guess it's like in the computer, and it's I don't know. They're just somewhere and like i didn't know anything about how computers work so i was like that's fine you know like i didn't think that deep into it It it's like oh yeah they're just they're just out there somewhere now and but now i'm like well no like that how where's that data going you know yeah we weren't thinking about data in 2011 i don't get it (laughs) i think i just think in order to like fully appreciate the movie you do need to think about like as a society where we were at in 2011 i mean that's where i'm at right now (laughs) fair enough i mean we understand how computer like you understand how data works as an adult i guess in like what capacity though well just like how things are run on servers and like how Mm -hmm. there's databases and Mm -hmm. that like all of everything that you see in on electronic interface is data that is stored somewhere right so all that to say like this parallel universe that Jake Gyllenhaal and Michelle Monaghan are living in mm-hmm. exists somewhere. Um, so I'm, I'm like, on the computer on the computer. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching it now and I'm like, okay, well if Jeffrey Wright, the sciencey guy is like, well, no, I'm not going to like that's, you know, I, for him, that's that's probably like terabytes of data to, in order to maintain that simulation. Yeah. I would just go and hit the delete button, you know, <laughs> turn all that off. We're not doing that, yeah. you know. 
But in 2011, I don't know all about all of that. You know, yeah. I'm just like, ooh, cool. He's living in a new world now, and that's it. That like that's it. That's the yeah. end of the sentence, and you don't need to think past that. You know? <laughs> so, like I said, like I think in the context of 2011, this movie worked, yeah, well at the time. But yeah. now, it, like a movie like this, it wouldn't pass yeah. the the quality bar for as far as like explaining how it works you know i simulation movies i just like it's like the matrix like i just i can't i can't do it i'm like not a tech savvy person which is like crazy because i feel like i'm trying to get into a career in tech (laughs) so i probably should be better at tech than i am or more tech literate than i am but it's just like why every movie that's like centered around you know this mind-bending tech get behind it kind of thing i'm like you're making me think too much you're making me think too much i don't want to think this much well most of almost every single one of those movies is inaccurate so maybe don't even think about it <laughs> i mean it. yes it's they are hard. inaccurate <laughs> they are inaccurate but for me like to buy into the world or like to get into the world or like appreciate the world you gotta understand the fake of like you have to understand even though it's inaccurate you have to understand it to make sense of it sure and to understand what the characters are doing and why they're doing it and do you not understand the main premise of the matrix i don't remember the matrix i watched it once and was like no oh okay (laughs) i remember red pill blue pill and that's it and i remember him doing the little you know the back bin thing all right. Well, I love The Matrix. It's a good movie. But um, okay. Anyway, I mean, we don't have to. We don't have to keep on this <laughs> simulation topic. Uh, any any other thoughts? Maybe I need to play more Sims. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any any other thoughts in the movie before I dive into facts? No, that's it. Okay. Um, well, actually, based on your thoughts, I think this is a good time to do this. Uh, what would you guess the IMDb score is for this movie? This is out of 10. Mm, 6.5. Okay. What would you guess the meta score is? I'm going to give you all these numbers. That's like the harsher one, right? Yeah. Meta score is a bit harsher. That's like the critics aggregate score. Yeah. I'm going to say 4.2. Out of. Wait, was it out of 10? That's out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Out of 10. You think like a 40, sorry, that's a, sorry, my oh, score is out of a, it's out of a hundred. So yeah, yeah, 40. Okay, so like a 42%. You think it's, it's not a percent, but yeah, it's 42. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> All right. And then what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? That Rotten Tomatoes is also a review aggregate, but it's just, yeah. it's dichotomous. Did they like it or did they not? You know, um, I'll give it a 40. You think it's a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. All right. Oh no, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. Okay. <laughs> You said for, okay, so for the IMDb score, you said 6.5. Yeah. On IMDb, it has a 7.5. Wow. Uh, For Metascore, which you are correct, is the harsher one that's generally, scores are generally a lot lower uh, for Metascore. You said 42. Yeah. This movie has a 74. Whoa. (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes, you said, what was it, 40%? 40%. This movie has a 92%. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. I misjudged what people thought. <laughs> yeah. People really like this movie. They loved it. Yeah. I've never even heard of this movie. I know. I don't remember. I don't recall this, like, seeing trailers for this movie. I don't. 
you said this movie and i was like what is that yeah no i i remember seeing the trailers for it i remember i saw it in theaters and i went hey cool movie but then i never saw it again and because because it it was kind of like i don't know forgettable but then i remembered i remembered it and i was like oh cool movie like i'll do that for the podcast i because i remembered once i remembered that it existed yeah i feel like i remembered every single little detail interesting yeah i mean that makes sense there's not that much to remember that's fair Okay, um, all right, now let me hit you with some trivia. Okay. So there's a comedian character in this movie. He's like a guy on the train who's also happens to be like a comedian. Yeah. Um, he has a scene at the end of the movie, like when Jake Gyllenhaal saves the train. He's mm-hmm. like, Jake Gyllenhaal's making this whole point about like, oh, wow, like, you know, people, people are great. The world doesn't have to be a better place. Um <laughs> And he like bets the comedian to like that he can't make the whole car of people laugh. And so the comedian's like, oh, all right, you're on. And so the guy starts like telling jokes and stuff. That were not funny. That were not funny, right. (laughs) So the guy who played the comedian is a real life comedian. named. Sorry to that man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. His name's Russell Peters. Uh, Apparently for his scene, he did... Um, he did about an hour of his own material. Like they shot an hour of his own material, but most of it was like too adult, uh, to be in the movie. So they just cut it down to like, you know, one or two jokes. And it was about like how the character's last name is Denoff. And this girl who he was with the night before was like, get off. Um, anyway, yeah, it wasn't that funny, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for roasting that man the way I just did, but I also stand by that. Cause that was, so, that was such a bad joke. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, how long do you think it took to film this movie? Hmm. Good question. I feel like probably short because it's the same scene over and over and over again. I don't know. Two months. Wow. Yeah. This was movie this movie was filmed in two months. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. Um however, Vera Farmiga, who plays military woman, uh Goodwin. Good, Goodwin she filmed her scenes in ten days because <laughs> she had just gotten pregnant and she was like, I'm gonna be unavailable for months. Let's let's do this. So Love that. Um which makes a lot of sense because she doesn't... She doesn't say much. Say much. Yeah, yeah, Um, All right. There, at one point, they... So, like, in the sequence of events, they're, they, you know, they're on the train, it's moving, and then it stops at a train station, and then it keeps going, and then it blows up. Mm-hmm. At one point, they... Uh, like, Jake Gyllenhaal gets off the train at the train station, and there's, like, some scenes that take place at that train station. So that commuter station, the commuter station that they were going to film at changed their terms with like the studio at the last minute. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't film there. They were like, oh, you know, we don't accept those terms. We, they couldn't film there. So they built a fake commuter station at the last minute in a car park. And um, they did, yeah, again, last minute, they did do it very quickly. And the white van with all of the explosives in it because like we're introduced to the the guy who actually bombs the train mm-hmm. you see the inside of his van and it's got like a stars and stripes box um that's filled with like uh, all these explosives and like bomby stuff yeah. right remember that yeah well because 
they had to prep that van at the last minute. Um, all of those explosives in the van, everything in that van except for the Stars and Stripes box is not actually there. All of that was CGI, mm. which I thought was pretty impressive because yeah. you don't... You can't tell. You can't tell. Yeah. And it's 2011. Wow. So I was like, whoa, I mean, seriously? I'm glad they didn't have a real I mean, van I'm with glad they didn't explosives. have a real van with explosives too, but at the same time, like... Yeah. Can you imagine being an actor and looking inside of a blank van and being like, oh no, all of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, we'll just put it in and post. But then they put it in a post and it looks like it's actually there. 12 years ago? No way. Um, anyway, I thought that was an interesting fact. Mm-hmm. So Michelle Monaghan plays the lead female character other than military woman. Um, but apparently her character was originally... They originally cast Lindsay Lohan. What? <laughs> but she, but she was recasted at her legal issues at the time, conflicting with the film schedule. Oh no! Yeah, I okay. I read that in the IMDb trivia, but at the, I think at this point I was kind of thinking like, is IMDb trivia the best source? <laughs> you know, I'm like, is that yeah. true? I don't know. Apparently, they were also considering Topher Grace instead of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. According to the, those same sources. Okay, good. They. Sh- I'm glad they did not make either of those casting choices. Yeah, but at the same time, like I could see there being an alternate version of this movie with them in it, and it being almost kind of ish the same movie. I think I not like, doing Lindsay Lohan was probably the right choice, but I feel like that would have made it such a teeny, like teen, like they're too young. Sure. I don't know. I almost. I almost don't believe that because like 2011, Lindsay Lohan, I don't think, I don't think. When was Mean Girls? When did that come out? 2004. Mm. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. Where was Lindsay Lohan I look at, I, I don't know, I'm looking at, right, nowhere. I'm, I'm. When did she do Herbie Fully Loaded? Like 2007. Mm. Or 6. That was, that was 2006. Dang. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I know, yeah. No, we really. That was 17 years ago. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I kind of look at that fact with some doubt. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll keep going. Um, what do you think the budget was for this movie? Hmm. I feel like probably not that high. Uh, I don't know. I give it like 1.2 million. The budget? Yeah. 1.2 million? Isn't that how much? Movies are usually a few, mi- like some millions, right? Yeah, usually like tens of millions. Right to make like avengers cost like 300 million dollars to make you think this movie oh. was made on 1.2 million dollars right, well let's let's say like 12 million okay it was made on a 32 million dollar budget and that is very low um <laughs> <laughs> but okay <laughs> um it was made on a 32 million dollar budget it made 137 million Mm -hmm. but the director duncan jones said it didn't make a profit because of quote-unquote hollywood accounting what so like someone was stealing money well so i tried to do some digging on what hollywood accounting actually means and it is actually this very complex thing where basically like studios are reporting their numbers or inflating their numbers or deflating their numbers um in order it's almost to make people it's, go see it it's almost like fraud but um okay. 
but it's like it's like kind of a little bit of fraud. It's a little but, you fraudy. Know. Yeah, <laughs> it seems fraudy. Like, I mean, it's, it's in everything in Hollywood. It's like how they allocate money and like contracts between like multiple different projects can like they can kind of intersect in different ways. Where it's like what? you're spending money on one thing, but it's really going to another going thing. towards another thing. It's it's very confusing. So it's the way they and set it's like, their budget. So, I don't know. It's basically it's. It's very complicated, and so I guess I would say, like, yeah, when they spend money, it's not, like, all, like, you know, I, I interpret it as, like, you look at one project, and you can't just tell what the budget is, because some of that money in that budget is also Going kind of l- loosely else. tied to other things. Yeah. Um, it was very confusing, huh. but it also kind of seemed like a scam that Hollywood does sometimes in order to not have to pay as many royalties to people uh, as they what? would would have to. Because royalties are generally a percentage, right? Like right. You, you take a percentage of the movie's budget. Uh, if they report in their earnings that the movie did not make that much money, then they don't have less. to pay. They have to pay out less to the people who have royalties, right? Mm. It's a very complex thing and it seemed very like, Mm. don't love that that. doesn't surprise me yeah um anyway more facts the caller id so christina uh that's michelle monaghan's character who jake gyllenhaal uh ends up taking away from sean right um her character actually is like she has uh, an ex-boyfriend who's calling her at the very beginning forgot about that and his name is like Brian or something Brian, like that. Brian, exactly. Yes. So yeah, Brian. Brian like calls her at the beginning of every single time loop, and she's like, "Ugh, um, Brian, Brian." Yeah. <laughs> well, you see his caller ID at one point, and there's a picture yeah. of Brian. Uh, Brian director is yeah, it's the director. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um, speaking of the director. He would have music playing in one of Jake Gyllenhaal's ears at any given time that he would kind of like just turn on at random um, during the train sequences in order to add an element of disorientation to Jake Gyllenhaal's performance, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny. What? Like, how can we really just mess with him, make him look like, uh, uh, like, like he's very focused on something else or he's having a hard time focusing yeah um just put music in his ear at random uh, yeah i got a kick out of that last fact this movie does share some similarities with the pilot episode of a tv show called quantum leap um have you heard of quantum leap no okay so yeah it was, it was a show in i want to say like the 80s and 90s um stars scott bakula and each, every episode takes place in just like a different the steve martin lookalike yeah the steve martin lookalike exactly um scott nice. bakula's character is like in every episode in a different time period yeah doing something i, I'm, I don't know i haven't really seen the show i've seen like a clip of the show but i am aware that each episode is different time period yeah um or every episode so 
in the pilot episode of Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula's character jumps into the body of someone else in the past and calls his father at the end of the episode because his father is still alive in the past. And in this movie, Jake Gyllenhaal's character um, does call his father because the last time he talked to his father, they were not on the best of terms. And he's like oh my gosh, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in this simulation. Let me call my dad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that similarity, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in this movie, the voice of his character's father is played by Scott Bakula. Wow. To be a reference to that. Wow. This movie reminds me of this Netflix show. It was such a like B TV show called Travelers, but I was so invested in it and then it got canceled. But essentially, like, the plot of Travelers was there were, like, you follow these, like, five people who were that were going to die at, like, a specific point due to all different kinds of circumstances. Um, but when they die, someone from the future takes over their body and they, like, form this group. And they're basically their whole mission is like they are given assignments of like events to stop to prevent like deaths of certain people because like those certain people need to do something to like you know help the future what's what's going on in their future but there's like certain events like like some of the characters struggle because it's like they want to like save people in all different sorts of ways but it's like we can't because these people need to die for x reasons because among those people was this one person who does this really bad thing in the future and so like you kind of have to like let them die or whatever you know like there's like different reasons for why they have to or can't intervene okay um and it's it was like such an interesting show and that's like when we were watching this it reminded me of that i was like interesting now okay um what about how that show portrays its in-universe logic worked for you that in this movie did not work for you? Because this one was trying to be so grounded in like realism that it needed all that jargon to make me try and believe like the science, like we figured it out through the science versus travelers. It's like, it's people from the future. Like that, it just right. is what it, you know, it's like, it's not trying That's to a good be realistic. Point. It's like, if something is quote unquote sci-fi, you don't have yeah. to explain it's it. It's like it just is but how it is. But then this movie yeah. is not sci-fi. Yeah. But then like you look at Inception mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, we have the ability to go inside of people's dreams. They never explain how that works. Mm-hmm. But you buy it, you believe it, and it's like, cool, we're good. But that's not really a science fiction movie. But Inception movie. is different because it's like just seeing it is cool enough. Like right, I don't, right, right, you right, know, it's right. like they're just doing cool things with visuals See, I, think I don't maybe, even need i don't even care i think maybe that is what gives an ex- some of an excuse to this movie at the time is that because inception came out before this right yeah. um so when this came out it was like you know i don't need it to be explained um because it doesn't always need to be like inception proved yeah you don't need to explain it all the time and people can just buy it then you see this and it's like yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, quantum mechanics, cool, good, good enough, you know. I think this movie's mistake was that they did try to explain it. Yeah. But not explain it, uh, you know. Yeah, 
Like, yeah. The fact that they threw out parabolic they calculus. They it. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you over-explain stuff, then that makes me feel like I have to understand it. They over-explained it by not explaining it at all with very <laughs> vague terms. Yes. But when you make such an emphasis about the science and, like, he's over here explaining to Jake Gyllenhaal because Jake Gyllenhaal's not getting it. He's like, you need, like, this is what we're doing. Understand it. And it's like, bro, what are you saying? <laughs> well, this movie gave us a lot to talk about, I will it's say. It's It's in. I'm surprised. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to have much to say. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Yes. The next assignment? Let's. So for this week, I was assigned a movie not called Just Go With It, but <laughs> Life As We Know It. Now, um, Life As We Know It came out in 2010. This is a comedy uh, I guess I'd call it a romantic comedy. It takes it follows the story of two different people who are kind of opposite. One's played by Josh Duhamel, and the other's played by Katherine Heigl. Josh Duhamel's character, his name is Messer. He's very lax and yeah, just kind of goes with the flow. And then Katherine Heigl's character, I do I forgot her character's name. Um. Was it like, I don't know. Was it like Lily or something? I was going to say Sarah. I don't think that's, I don't think either of those Rough. are right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Catherine, Catherine Heigl. Heigl. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Heigl's character is very like uptight because that's who Catherine Heigl always plays. Um, so yeah, they're very opposite. They go on a blind date one day, one night, and because their mutual friends set them up and it doesn't go well. Her name is Holly. Holly. Thank you. Um... Yeah, they go on a they go on a blind date because of their mutual friends, but it doesn't go well. But they end up kind of having to become friends or at least become acquaintances acquaintances with each other in life uh, because their friends, their mutual friends, uh, are a couple and they get married and they buy a house and have a baby and then they die tragically in a car accident. Woo! See, I just slipped that in there. Um, yeah, so that that happens. Um, so their mutual friends who got married, bought a house, have a baby, uh, die in a car accident. And these two, Holly and Messer, are named as the godparents. And they're basically told, like, the house is all paid off. Somebody's just got to raise this kid. And they're like, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for this, even though I'm the godparent. Like, you're really stuck I on that. I was really stuck on like, that. You're they, the godparent. That's they were your like, duty. They were like, wait, I didn't sign up for this. But it's like they make a point of pointing out, like, oh, yeah, my like my child's godfather. or my, You know? And it's like, yeah, that's what you signed up to do by being the godfather, you know? Well, that's the literal definition of what being somebody's godfather is is to take care of that kid in the case of the parents untimely demise that's literally what your main responsibility is when somebody says will you be my child's godfather they are asking you to take care of that child in case something ever happens to you and in this movie they're like wait wait what i have to actually do that and it's like duh anyway <laughs> Um, and okay, your, can I give please, a, please give a retort. All I'm saying, a rebuttal. Is, I mean, maybe they were just in shock. Like their friends just died. 
which is like, you know, so out of the blue. And all of a sudden someone's like, here's your baby. And they're like, huh? <laughs> but they're, it's the fact that the response is not like, yes, I have to do this. It's the fact that they're like, we got to get out of this in any possible way that we can. They are like, they're not down, you know? Well, they're okay, like, there's well, no hold way. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Messer is not down. Catherine Heigl is like, whoa, I was not expecting this and this is a lot. I am going to do it. This is a lot. What? But no, that, okay. At the funeral, they literally tried to talk to okay, all the, the family funeral, members yes. in order to okay. pawn this child off on somebody fairness, else. Okay, but in, we're both sitting up now. <laughs> in fairness, they were just told they these two hate each other. They that despise each other. They were they were told, "Hey, you have to raise this child and with live this together other person in that house. you despise and live together and so it's in like, this house." Yeah, yeah. Both neither one. First of all, frankly, I don't want to do this with you. Yeah, right, 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 and. And like neither one of us are prepared for this. So like maybe there is another family member who right. knows how to raise children who would be a better fit for us. Okay. Well, frankly, <laughs> I don't legally think this can happen. So <laughs> I don't, you don't think, think that they can. I don't think you else? can. I don't think you can legally. <laughs> I don't think you can legally designate two different people who are not like married to be the the guardians for your child i think it's Mm. like you have to pick one Mm. you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's either going to be that person or that person or if they are legally married then cool you know yeah i don't think you can designate both of them like that's i mean this is a movie that's a legal loophole oh okay well you know what With parabolic calculus, we we just had a whole conversation about scientific. It's just a movie, yeah. Yeah. Scientific craziness. We can let this one slide. Okay. Regardless, um, it's a rom com movie setup. You know, like they have to raise a child together in this house that is not even theirs. So nice house. It is a nice house. So, uh, yeah they they raise the house. Sorry, they well they. (laughs) They do raise the they raise the roof. Raise the roof. Yeah, no, um, so they have to raise this child together. Um, Catherine Heigl, Holly, she's got a successful burgeoning bakery, and Josh Duhamel Messer, he's just a guy who helps film basketball games, and then he freely hooks up with a lot of different women. So like, this is just gonna throw off you know his game, and it's gonna throw off her her business. So. Yeah, this is a big deal. But they they do help raise this child and they live their own lives and they slowly become friends. And eventually, Holly starts going on dates with this pediatrician that she likes. But then one night, her and Messer hook up and maybe actually like each other as more than friends. But then he starts to do well at work and is offered a job directing games in Phoenix for the Phoenix Suns. And that's on the other side of the country. And he's like thinking about taking the job. And the two end up fighting about it, and he ends up taking the job, and he moves away, and then she starts to date the pediatrician back at home, but then eventually, he comes back to visit for Thanksgiving, and they have a fight, because they like each other, and he's going to go back to Phoenix, and the pediatrician realizes that Holly loves Messer, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, go, go get him, and so she goes to the airport to find Messer, but his flight already left, 
But then turns out, nah, he never got on that flight. And she goes back home all like defeated and sad. And he's there waiting for her. And that's when they're both like, I love you. And then they smoochy. And that's the end. <laughs> that's that's the whole movie. Yeah. Um. So, okay. I did think this movie was... I thought this movie was cute. You know, I did mm-hmm. enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, having just summarized the movie, mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, why did it have to be two hours? <laughs> was it? Yes. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like a full two hours. My yeah. movie, which we talked about f- for like, you know, 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, my movie was an hour and 33 minutes. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's got parabolic calculus. It's got... <laughs> It's got all of this stuff in well, it, and it's like you just gave me a rom com that is two hours to long. To defend it, we had to have time to care about the baby's original parents, so we had to establish them, who they were, why we should care that they die. Like that took a little bit of time. Okay. Then they die. Then we got to get these two together. They gotta, you know come get over their differences I guess fall it's in a, love it's a, it's a setup that does require yeah. a, a little bit of time a lot of steps versus going on a train this over and over and over yeah, sure, <laughs> sure 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 that is a much simpler premise yeah. yeah that's fair um i mean yeah i did like the movie i i mean i complain about the fact that it was two hours but like ultimately while i was watching it i wasn't like oh my god this movie's two hours you know like it just it went by mm-hmm. um you know it's it's cute it's simple mm-hmm. there's nothing blatantly wrong with it mm-hmm. um but there's nothing blatantly special about it mm-hmm. it's just a a rom-com that was made in tw- 2010 yeah you know mm-hmm. that's two hours long <laughs> and i don't know they have a lot of fun with the uh playing with the like oh i've got a baby but it's not convenient to have to look after the baby right now so i'm taking it with me mm-hmm. and you know just baby comedy stuff <laughs> puking baby yeah uh, you liked the social worker the case worker oh yeah so yeah there's <laughs> there's a social worker that comes and checks in on them and it's it's funny because they kind of treat her like the principal like they have she has to like fully approve of everything but in reality the social worker is like a very like young woman with emotions mm-hmm. and like <laughs> she is just gets she just gets super real with them <laughs> and she's really funny and it's like you guys are my easy case so like don't trip but then they like yeah. sleep together and she's like oh my god like come on guys but then like then she's like really rooting for them at the end. Like she even goes with Holly to the airport to try yeah. and track him down. And she's like sad for her. It's just the way she says it. She was like, I mean, we drove all the way there. <laughs> she's like, I really thought this would like, yeah, this would, this, you would catch him. And she's like, I thought when I took the baby that it would work. Right. <laughs> she's like, you're going to be alone forever. That's so sad. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, yeah. It, she starts out as like, oh no, we need to get her approval. And then by the end, it's like, she wants it to happen more than they do, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought that was fun. That was cute. Yeah. Got you. Any yeah. other thoughts? That's, that's really all my thoughts. Okay, cool. Um, there were like zero facts about this movie. I can imagine. So I only have one fact, but I do have some questions. Um, what the questions only, are fun. Yeah. The only fact I have is that triplets actually played the baby. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's not every day. There's three of them. <laughs> three babies. True. Yeah. It's usually like twins, you know, or just like different babies. Yeah, it's just a good way to do it. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, if we ever have uh, if we ever have triplets, let's. Uh, oh my gosh! I pray I don't. Let's call, <laughs> we'll we'll call up the movies. We're like, hey, we need money because we just had three kids at once. So, uh, oh you gosh. got any you got any roles for my for my babies? <laughs> Having triplets, I just think about labor, and I'm like, that sounds so terrible. I don't want to go into labor with triplets. Yeah, that sounds awful. Oh my god! Oh, the thought. Okay, triplets, um, so cool. Yeah. So that cool was the fact. only fact that I That's had. That's the only fact, okay. Okay, questions. Yes, hit me with them. Of the two characters, sorry, characters, whose behavior do you think was the most problematic? Interesting question. Yep. Of the two characters, whose behavior was the most problematic? Mm-hmm definitely messers mm. that's like mm-hmm. unquestionable mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. um because his his character is um i mean he took the baby with him to work he, he like left the baby in the car he with left the, the baby taxi driver. yeah he left the baby in the car with a taxi driver <laughs> and to, to and try to got to be tried to get the taxi driver to be the babysitter for like the entirety of a basketball game yeah um yeah that's bad and then and the whole reason he did it was because it was like his big opportunity to direct a game mm-hmm. and um but he was trying to convince katherine heigl to she was unavailable because she had this like big event that she had been prepping like three months for and mm-hmm. then suddenly like impulsively one day he's got an opportunity and Mm -hmm. he's treating that like it's more important than this thing that she's been planning three months for yeah uh for her own business yeah so i thought that was like extremely selfish and idiotic of him and then for him to be thinking about taking the job in phoenix when he's got like a child to Mm -hmm. look after that is like best friend wanted him to look after and the fact Mm -hmm. that he's like yeah i'm thinking about taking the job and like wasn't gonna tell her about it yeah um yeah it definitely seems like he was making all the mistakes and also he was just like you know hooking up with women and he was just upset that like oh no i'm not gonna be able to like hook up with women as much versus her it's like i have my own business like mm-hmm. she's a self-made woman uh mm-hmm. and she's like that's all she's trying to do she's trying to date the pediatrician because the pediatrician's a great guy <laughs> and here comes this idiot <laughs> to just ruin everything <laughs> and then she has to go and fall in love with the idiot and yeah. you know yeah, he sucks. <laughs> now that you've now okay. that helped me think about it. <laughs> I will say, though, I don't think he's necessarily bad for considering that promotion. I think what makes him bad in that situation was, one, he, like, accepted it without talking to her. Like, I think it's fair. You know, that's a big opportunity. It's fair to think about it. Right. But that needs to be a conversation among them all. Um, so yeah, I don't, 
necessarily think he's bad in that sort of sense. And I also don't think he's necessarily bad for wanting to still like date. Sure. Because like at the end of the day, he's still a single man, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just, I just yeah. thought he was more selfish of a character for sure. No, for sure. For sure. Um, like she was putting, she, I mean, yes, she was, she has her own selfish desires as a character, Yeah, but she's still trying to put like the baby's life. She's trying to prioritize the baby for sure. And he is trying to do everything. He's trying to prioritize himself. Definitely. Definitely. He had a lot more character development to be had. Yes. Um, however, Catherine Heigl's character like drives me equally insane as his character. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I never like any of Catherine Heigl's characters in any of her movies really? because she just plays the same. She's very like her characters are always. Person. Yeah. Type very type. Impossible a. to please. Yes. Yeah. Like just like it has to be her way or no way. Right. Just, like, yeah. Right. Um, the part that and like I really dislike the way she handles when she finds out that Messer was considering that job. Right. Like. Well, that yeah, that whole scene was like. Yeah. Y'all can just chill. Yeah, she just like goes into a panic, and like, it's not like she's not like, hey, can we talk about this? Like, what's like? Let's let's have a discussion about it. Yeah, they, no, she's they, like. Oh my gosh, you're abandoning me. You're leaving me. Yeah, like, yeah. what? I meant nothing to you. Oh my god. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> calm down for a second. Yeah, that. I mean, that that scene was just like the obligatory. Like, now there has to be tension between yeah. the main characters. Yeah. So we're gonna make them extremely extra reactive with yeah, each other for sure. because we need. Yeah, we need conflict. Yeah, it went from like zero to one hundred so fast. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just like she definitely needed to be more open to conversation, I think. For sure. Um, yeah. I think that'd be good advice for Katherine Heigl in general. But. I mean, we don't know if she's like that in person. I, I mean, I've I've only heard that she is hard to work with. And have you seen her in anything recently? No, but like, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying know. to trash on Katherine Heigl, yeah. you know. If I'm she like, comes out with something that's good, then, you know, great. But I'm just saying, like, all of her characters, every single one, basically needs to, like, chill out. I mean, she plays it well, though. That's true. I mean, she does. She does. For a reason. Yeah. All right. Next question. Go for it. Do you have godparents? Uh, if I do, I wouldn't know. Or if I, if, I, if I do, I don't know about them. Yeah, me either. I know my sister has godparents. I don't know that that's the same as my godparents. Like, I don't know if they're my godparents, too. Well, okay. Um, not. But, like, Ash is an adult now, so, like. This is, <laughs> right. I mean, okay. This is not a fun scenario to think about. No. But in the event that your parents perished, <clears throat> which is funny because that's. Um, that was my mom's that's maiden my, name. That's your mom's last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if they perished, uh, wouldn't it be weird for one kid to go to one family and one kid to go to a different family? Yeah. But I'm like, so, but like you determine a godparent when like the baby's born, right? So they determined my sister who, who was going to be the godparent to my sister. You know, my, my mom had my sister when she was like, what? 
17, 16, 17? I don't know. When she was a teenager. Like, she determined the godparents, I'm sure, like, then. But, like, I feel like there was never a conversation of, like, oh, that person's Aaliyah's godparent, too. You know? Mm. So I'm like, I don't think I technically have a godparent. Like, I don't think there was a conversation of, like, oh, yeah, that... I mean, it would make sense if we were both, you know, young. But but at the same time, it's like me and my sister are so big and age different that maybe, like, there was no need for a godparent because it's like my sister is there, <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, because I don't, no one's ever said. And whenever we've had conversations about godparents, like, I've heard them be like, oh, so-and-so is Ashley's godmom. But I've never heard them say, like, Aaliyah's godmom. Like, they're Aaliyah's godmom, too, or, like, here's Leah's godparent yeah i don't i don't i don't know I, yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know it's interesting not something that's ever come up in my family yeah i don't know um okay last question okay what's the thing you are most afraid of whenever we have our first child oh whenever we have our first child what is the thing i'm most afraid of yeah uh losing sleep selfish i'm just kidding no i'm that's like very fair like well I'm, I'm just really worried about it because yeah. when you lose sleep it just affects yeah. almost every aspect of your life and yeah. that impacts your work performance and mm-hmm. i yeah I'm, I'm like genuinely afraid mm-hmm. of like yeah losing sleep and then just becoming absolutely useless at work and then um i don't know getting let go or something like that was, that's that's a that's very like black and white thinking like catastrophizing yeah. Yeah. cognitive distorting um but uh and i think that's that's i think the only thing that i'm like genuinely worried about um yeah i aside think most from that, employers are also too very like they are aware you just had a baby right yeah they're that's like, true they're that's not true. like your work sucks that's true <laughs> They're like, yeah. you, you're it's like you're gonna show tired. up to a meeting and your boss is probably like, oh, how is it with my with with the kid? You know, yeah. When I yeah, all three of my kids. Oh, I remember. You know, yeah. So I guess there's maybe that, but <laughs> um, no, yeah. I'm just worried about like losing sleep, getting becoming cranky as a result. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like you know, I I guess I'd I'd be worried about making sure. I don't know. I just don't want to break it. <laughs> just don't want to drop the kid, you know? I mean, kids are resilient, yeah. but, you know, I just don't. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't want to, like, emotionally scar my child for forever oh, on accident, you that'll know? That'll be fine. That'll be fine. One of my favorite parts of this movie is. When she um, drops the kid. Or no. he drops the kid. When no. they drop the kid. No, that stresses That me part out. was hilarious. <laughs> stresses me out no my favorite is um their little girl is about to take her first steps and messer is sitting down in the living room as she stands up and he's like oh my gosh it's happening it's happening but Kathleen heigl is taking a bath so he's like holly get down get down come here come here she's about to take her steps and she's like wait like stall her like wait don't let her take her first steps like i'm coming i'm coming yeah and so his reaction is to just push the baby back yeah down. he pushes he just pushed her and then she lands on her butt yeah she like falls back and starts crying and holly like sees it and it's like well now you scarred her and she probably won't ever walk yeah 
<laughs> that part was pretty funny. That was that was the, probably the funniest part of the it's movie. It's just the way that he pushed her, which like it's. I mean, you probably shouldn't push a child, no, and he no, didn't no. do it. You know that it was very that light. hard. It was a light, it was a light little light tap, yeah. But I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Like that part like sticks with me to this day. Every time I think about this movie, I think about that scene. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. That movie. That's probably the funniest part of the movie, but it was in the trailer. I remember it specifically oh from the trailer. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I saw that in the trailer." How do you remember these trailers from 2010? I don't know, but I just I remember like if we go back and we watch a trailer, I guarantee yeah. you I that believe, clip's gonna it. be in the trailer. I believe it. Yeah. And I hate that. Mm. So losing sleep and breaking the baby. Breaking the baby, losing sleep, and causing undue emotional trauma <laughs> on accident. Fair. How about you? I I feel like I don't have two. My biggest fear is more like not knowing when something's wrong. So like like medically. Like, you know, like when you're if your baby's sick or something, like knowing when it's an actual emergency versus when it's like, you know, it's not an emergency. Just like keep an eye on it or like, you know, give give the baby some medicine or whatever. Like I just like. Well, I'm going to have a pediatrician on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, I feel like especially for the first one, I'm going to be so hyper aware and so like, I don't know, like maybe we need to go to the doctor. Or maybe we like we should go like let's just be sure like better safe than sorry. I'm, I'm going to call of. every person I know who's ever raised a kid. I'm going to call every <laughs> doctor I know. Yeah. Um, Like I like not 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 like my doctor or the child's doctor, but like somebody <laughs> I'm friends with who is a doctor. I'll probably call them. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I'll be like, don't charge my insurance, please. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. No, that's that's my biggest fear. It's just like not knowing when there's an emergency when something's an emergency and when it's when it's like just me think like doing too much um i also like i so a big thing of mine is like i don't want to like have the baby in the bed when we sleep okay. and i know a lot of parents do that i'm very ter- like that scares me a lot because i'm like what if i roll over on the baby like what uh, if you know that's funny. But it's like, I, I feel like I was like talking to someone and they were like, oh my gosh, no, like literally my child can like only sleep in the bed, like with me. Like that's just the only way they go to sleep and like, it's fine, you know? But I was like, ah, for some reason that just like terrifies the heck out of me. I mean, when I would be like really scared at night, yeah, I would, I would walk out of bed, I'd come to my parents' room and I would sleep in between them. Well, that's different because you're older. Like if your parent rolls over, you can move. <laughs> Like, but I'm talking about like newborns, like a newborn baby, a tiny baby. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, uh, it yeah, seems like too small. Exactly, they it got their me. own place for sleeping. And I got mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, like some babies, like some babies, just like want to be held all like that's the only way they can sleep, and it's like, oh my gosh, okay, so what if like we have a baby that like is you know super colicky or something and can only be you know, only be soothed if we're holding the baby. And then it's like, well, what if I fall asleep while I'm holding the baby? And then the baby, like, falls out of my hands. Or, like, you know, like, what if something like that happens? I feel like I'm too alert. Yeah, you are. To happen. Yeah. For me, at least. I would just never sleep. Like, I just, like, I imagine when we have our first kid, I'm just never going to be sleeping. Because I'm just constantly going to be like, is the baby okay? Okay. Is the baby okay? Oh, for sure. Okay. Is the baby okay? You know, like, I'm just like... 
yeah, I'm just going to be like in such a light sleep because I'm just so concerned. <laughs> Good to know I've got that to look forward to. So I'm probably <laughs> going to end up losing a lot of sleep just like I predicted. I mean, of course we're going to lose a lot of sleep. I mean, if I'm breastfeeding, well, even if I'm not breastfeeding, we got to feed the baby throughout the night. So that's true. Yeah. Well, so that's like, that's just guaranteed. So, yeah. mm. But Gotta I get good like, at going back to sleep, I guess. I feel like even when you're losing all that sleep, well, I feel like for most people, you know, you're so blissful because you're like, oh, my baby, that it's like, you know, it's like, okay, you're kind of not even in. We don't know. <laughs> we have never had a child. We are we are purely speculating. I mean, we have no on, idea. Based on obviously, there's things that can impact, you. like there's postpartum depression, right. and things like that. There are, there are situations in which, like, that might not be true for a I lot just, of people. I guess I'm just trying to comment. Like, we're just right. We are commenting on something that we have no experience with, so we just we don't know. Everybody's experience is different, and yeah, I yeah, feel for like sure. somebody who has had this experience who is maybe listening to us right now is like, they have no idea. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, we're completely ignorant to it. But I'm just saying, like, based on, I don't know, just like the people around me who have had babies. It's like, yeah, they're super tired, but they also are, like, so in love with their baby that yeah. like, they oh, don't care. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, as soon as we have a child, I'm going to be like, I am love that baby. Yeah. They're like, we're exhausted. I'm going to be obsessed but, with it. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. exhausted. But, like, at the same time, look at how cute this little thing is. Yeah. So that's what I meant by that. It's like, gotcha. you know. Gotcha. Yes, you'll be tired, but, like, I feel like. Most people are, you know, still pretty excited that they yeah. <laughs> they have this new baby. I would hope so. Yeah. All right. Any other questions? Any other facts? Any other comments? Nope. Concerns? That's, that's all I had. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, still on like regular regularly scheduled programming. Uh, are we going to do a Christmas theme or a uh, holiday theme in December this year? Yep. Sweet. Okay, so have that to look forward to in a few weeks. But for now, we are still on like regular old regular stuff. So would you like to assign first? Sure. Um, I had asked you what you were assigning. And you said something more like fun or something like that. So I decided to give you something a little bit more depressing. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Go for it. Um, I'm going to give you Blackfish since we okay, had a conversation yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. learned that you had never seen it. Okay. And I don't think I've given you a documentary in a really long time. I don't. I'm not sure if you've I've ever, ever given yeah, a documentary. I've, ever given one, so. I've given documentaries. That's true. So this is a documentary I'm going to give you. Okay, cool. That's a good pick. I look forward to watching that. Mm -hmm. Um, in a in a depressing kind of way. <laughs> You were like, I love depressing things. I love depressing. I, I do. Like, oh. I do enjoy a good depressing content. Um, <laughs> I do not. Um, okay, cool. Uh, looking forward to that and looking forward to some uh, some post-viewing depression. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, for my assignment, you have been in a... As I pointed out at the beginning of this episode, um, you've been kind of in like a like a DC animation kick. Mm -hmm. You watched Harley Quinn. You watched Teen Titans Go. Mm -hmm. And I figured this is about as good a time as any to <laughs> assign you not something that is DC animation. 
Yeah. But uh, something that's kind of like it, and that is Invincible Season 1 on Amazon Prime. That's because you're probably seeing Invincible Season 2 advertised Mm. on, like, the PS5. Um, Mm -hmm. Literally, we were animated. This is animated. It came out on Prime Video. Mm -hmm. Um, It's only, like, I think 10 episodes, Mm -hmm. but it is very good. And it's been a few years since Season 1 came out. Season 2 is finally coming out. Um, I think the first few episodes of Season 2 just came out last Friday. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, perfect. Um, Yeah. I'll assign it to you. Hopefully you'll like it. And then we'll just watch it together. Like, cause I need a bit of a refresher. It's been like two or three years since I watched the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, season and season two is coming. So yeah, fingers, fingers crossed that you liked it and we just watched it together. And, cause it's not, it's not that long. Yeah. I'm excited. I am like in a big animation kick, especially like adult animation. Yeah. I don't know why it's like everything I want to watch is, animated like we caught up on like a bunch of jujutsu kaisen this and morning we watched, and we, watched and we finished attack, on, attack titan. on titan we didn't even we forgot to mention that i know we watched the finale of attack on titan this morning yeah it was good i yeah i think it was i think it was worth it i think when we come back to the show in you know years we'll be like yeah it was a good ending yeah 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 all right cool i'm i'm glad you're excited to watch invincible i think it's like this is the the time for you. <laughs> I love that you're like, oh, she's in the mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, this wasn't. I wasn't even going to assign this. Like, yeah. it wasn't on my radar. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of like we were watching a lot of Heart of the Quinn, and I was like, Invincible's kind of like this. Mm-hmm. And and then I was like, oh, <laughs> season two is coming out. Like, this is it. That's yeah. that's Gotta the pick. That's the swap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the swap. <laughs> that's funny. Cool. So All right. We have blackfish and invincible yes next week we have blackfish and invincible mm-hmm. hope you enjoy it uh have a good week hope you enjoyed this week's episode and how long is this pretty long we'll see you next time yeah see ya all right bye bye